Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. We are coming to you very live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. No one gets Honeymooners references anymore. Ed Norton, they went and did a commercial. Honeymooners, no one. Big night for big men in the NBA. Jokic versus Embiid in a battle of MVPs. And our very own Alan Yates said before the game, whoever wins this game, it proves that that's the best big in the league. Wait what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait what? Wait what? Calm down, Yates. I'm just joking. Why are you stirring this man up? Yeah, you, get, you get you get a you Philly have Alan dude cursing on the radio. You get a Philly dude to oh. Don't oh. do that Incredible to him. Game by both guys, man. Good game by Jokic. Good game by Embiid. Good <laughs> game all, by Towns. Here, here's a note for everybody out there. All you have to do to get <laughs> Yates going every, any given morning, just come in like. I think Jokic is the MVP. He's like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, he he talks about that with me. Like, you know, I'll take the bait or like a cat with a string. Boy, that's that is Yates for sure on anything Philly, really, but especially Embiid Jokic. Carl Anthony Towns became the fifth center in spite of the Jokic Embiid matchup, which was great. Embiid went off. Jokic's team came all the way back down almost 20 points to win. Carl Anthony Towns. Stole their thunder. Fifth center in NBA history with a 60-point game. 60 with an S. 6-0. 60 with 17 boards. Season best 60 in the Timberwolves win over the Spurs. By the way, Cat had 32 in the third quarter alone. Before I remember, oh, yeah, yeah, Clay had what? that 37-point quarter back about six or five, six years ago. I was like, wait, is that the record? No, but it's way up there. 32 points in a quarter. Now, compare this to the Lakers. <laughs> who scored a piddling 12 points in the first quarter as a team against the Raptors. Cat, 32 points in the third, called the coach's quarter, right? You're coming out of halftime. Lakers, 12 in the first. They were outscored 33 to 12 in the first. It was 30 to 6 at one point in the first quarter. Oh, my God. LeBron. Had 30 and 9, 9 boards. Did not meet with the media after the game. You know who did? Russell Westbrook. He was asked about the Lakers' slow start. Listen. Russ, what do you make of the first, the first quarters in the last two games? You guys come out flat yesterday, get down big. Uh, I'm sure that was frustrating. And then the same thing happens today. I mean, what's, why is it so hard to adjust out of that pattern? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh... You know, I don't have an answer for you on that one. So Westbrook doesn't have an answer. Do you have an answer, Jay? It's easy for me. And the, the, I always see the Lakers play themselves into games, right? Um, I would Jay Rose and I used to talk about this because vets would do this back when I would play. Vets would play themselves into shape in training camp. HD, I don't know if guys in football ever did that. Like uh, guys would come into training camp not really working out. Then by the time you got two weeks into training camp, by the time you're on your fourth or fifth preseason game, like they're starting to kind of come somewhat around or that first month of the season. I I feel like that's what the Lakers are doing with games individually. It's like, okay, like they'll turn it on when they get late into the third or fourth quarter, but they're constantly battling back from deficits. And this goes into the problem we've been talking about, Max. LeBron James played 40 minutes last night. 
Like, versus Golden State, played 39 minutes. Mm-hmm. These games, he's having 50-point performances. He's doing that at 37, but the minutes are always something that we're talking about. Damn, why is LeBron playing 39, 40 minutes for a team that waits to turn it on? And, and that's the problem. You need your young guys, those young legs, right? Obviously, with Russell Westbrook, we keep talking about Russell Westbrook offensively not bringing What the hell is Russell Westbrook doing defensively? Like, go out there and be a dog. Set a tone. Like, there needs to be tone set from the beginning in ball games. The, the, the Raptors, man, and I love the Raptors. I, I give Masai Ujiri a lot of credit for how he's put together this team. I love their young pieces. Precious, uh, you talk about having Scotty Barnes. They have length at the sides. But they just came out, and they blitzed them. They punched them in the mouth right from the beginning. And the Lakers don't have that youthfulness. They don't have that those young legs to help them defensively set a different tone. Well, I looked at the, the points in the paint at halftime yesterday, and it was 32 Toronto, 16 Lakers. Doubled. And, and, and you see the deficiencies. The, 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 when you look at the makeup of this team, the roster, the players just aren't there, especially ADs being out. Uh, but I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not even sure if ADs be, being there will make a big of a difference. Well, I, what's the point of rushing him back? Well, I, that's my thing because you're not going to win a championship this year. We know Anthony Davis is fragile. Like, I hate to say that about somebody, but the proof is in the pudding. He gets hurt a lot. So why rush him back out there and put him on the court where he could potentially risk another injury? Just wait the next year or trade him or whatever you want to do, but don't put him back out there because you're going to be one and done. That team we, we've been watching this year, they're not beating the Suns. They're not beating – I don't think they're beating the Grizzlies in my book. I don't think they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors. The Grizzlies would destroy them. Yeah, Guys, they know, may not they're, make they're the young. play-in tournament. Like we keep, no, no like look, we, look at their schedule, New Orleans, uh, New Orleans the is one – They're going to lose the next four or five games. New Orleans is four one game behind them. Four to ten I don't spot. think we're supposed to call it play-in. Can we call it play-in? That's the play-in tournament. <laughs> oh, we can't play it? I thought we were going to call it the playoffs. So this is the play-in before the playoffs. I thought we were going to call it the garbage playoffs. Is that better than play-in? I don't know. People are so down on the play-in. What? I'll, I'll be rude with you guys. The NCAA tournament is the opening round. Please call it the opening round. Opening round, round yes. Yeah. Um, I know we have to talk about them because it's LeBron James. We shouldn't be talking about no, the Lakers at all. At all. Like it, it's starting to feel like a waste of breath. You know the funny thing, Jay. So much attention, and we—I've been trying to tell you guys. We, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe them. May I break this out? Is who this team is. May I break out two deep album cuts from my greatest hits collection? Okay. Sure. Number one, L.A. Your attitude toward the Lakers now. We shouldn't be talking about them. I've lived in New York almost all my life, except for six years I spent in L.A. The difference I can tell you from firsthand experience is on the East Coast, in a city like New York, if you stink, they still talk about you, they think about you, but it's with venom, right? On talk radio, down the the street, nowadays online, on social media. In L.A., they just forget about you. They walk away from you. They stop paying attention to you. Mm. And right now, that's what's going to happen to the Lakers if this continues. Why rush Anthony Davis back? If there's a reason, I agree they shouldn't. That's why. They can't afford to be irrelevant. That's the that's a death sentence like the way the Lakers think. But if you okay. rush him back, Max, you can be irrelevant. For, I 100% and, and agree. And you lose your trade value if you want to use him as an asset, if he gets hurt again. that That is an issue to me, Jay, of short-term incentives usually trumping anyone's kind of long-term interest. Frequently that happens, and I agree with you. I would not rush him back, but if they do, I think that's why. That's Greatest Hits Volume 1, or maybe Volume <laughs> 2 for me. I've, I've broken that out before, right? 
Westbrook. This is a more recent greatest hits of mine that I'll reuse here. Playing, Kobe Bryant once said, playing for the Lakers ain't for everyone, right? I always assumed it was for Russell Westbrook. He seemed to me to be the right kind of guy. What's at stake for Westbrook now in terms of his legacy more than anything to me is, Russ, I just assumed that you're, given your personality, the way you express yourself on the court, how you're always going all out, L.A. was for you. The Lakers were for you. It doesn't appear to be the case right now. To me, that's devastating as a Westbrook fan, Jay. I, I mean, we talked about this before, Harry and Max. Four, this is his fourth team in four years. Think which, about which, that. Which says a lot now. It, and which by the way, a lot. where are we trending towards? Next year being his fifth team in five years. So what we've seen is a player who was once an MVP. We were saying, oh, the big O. He's one of the most phenomenal players in the energy. We're, we're seeing it transition to... What is wrong with Russ? How come teams cannot win at a high level with Russell Westbrook, which is a fair question now? He ne- Listen, Carmelo kind of accepted a different kind of role as he aged, probably a little too late. And also the league changed from under Carmelo's feet, right? Less ISO and everything. That's what he did best. Vince Carter accepted a change in the way, in his usage rate, the way he'd be used, the kind of role he had on the team at a 20-year career, Right. Westbrook may be one of these guys who's just going to be late to accept what's happening to his career and where he fits in in the NBA. So you know Which is, Vince- it's, it's sad to me, though, because I think part of being a pro and part of being the best version of yourself is self-reflection, right? And, and, and keeping it real with yourself and looking in that mirror and saying, hey, I haven't been good. Hey, maybe I need to go to a different role. That's the hardest thing, denial. Like that, that's, that's, that, I think that's what's big for Russell Westbrook. And – being going to the Lakers and saying that he didn't have any expectations that blew my mind oh, away. And Max, the reason why Vince played for so long, he can shoot. Yeah, a, a lot of it just shoot. comes you down to shooting. Shoot. The losing older he got, legs, he got better too. Right, you don't have those quick twitch fibers anymore as much. That's how you have sustainability and longevity in the league. He could always shoot. He couldn't create off the bounce as well as a guy like Westbrook, spacer. but he could shoot. Shooting plays late into a guy's career. We mentioned uh, the play-in in the NBA. Then in the NCAA tournament, the opening round games start tonight. IU. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to fill out your brackets for both the men's and women's tournament. You can join the KJM Celebrity Group and play along with us. There are celebrities? Who do we have? Cele- oh, 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 us. I got you. Yes. Filling out <laughs> brackets with ESPN is free and easy. The ESPN Tournament Challenge is presented by WebEx. So Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. And another franchise may want to call their former quarterback to see if he'll do the same. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's a battle that's never been won. But one opponent ignores the odds and continues to be Father Time's toughest test. To be at this age. Brady has come back with a vengeance. Physically, are you still able to execute your job? What a great throw by Brady! I'm very fortunate to still be able to do that. Not lying. I never thought, I thought Father Time was undefeated. Bernard Hopkins, I once thought, was fighting him to a draw, but... Tom Brady's open a whole can of you-know-what on him. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max brought to you by Mako. When life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako and go to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. <clears throat> ESPN NFL analyst extraordinaire. Jeff Saturday is with us. Good morning, Jeff. Morning. How y'all doing this morning? Doing good. Good to see you. Haven't seen you in a minute. Take that Carolina blue shirt off. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you know what you're doing. Well, that hurt. Hey, that's hurting them feelings, ain't it, Jay Will? It's still hurting them feelings, man. Um, you had a lot of great battles in the AFC back in the day with Tom Brady. I mean, he's played so long at such a high level. It's like way back in the day, Jeff Saturday, and he's still as basically as good as he's ever been. I hope you finally appreciate his greatness, Jeff. I've been trying to explain it to you for so long. Maybe. Uh, what was your reaction to Brady coming out of retirement? I was fired up, man. You know, I told I, I felt like he was toying with our emotions. The, the week he retired, he comes out on Monday and says something different. And, um, you know, I thought he was going to come back and play. And I, I'm excited about him. I think, I think, listen, the level he played, I thought he was the MVP last season. So for a guy to walk away uh, playing at that type of level for me was, was shocking. Uh, I understand we have all types of things in life we have to balance. And if that was the decision he needed to make, um, you know, for the, for the betterment of his family. I totally understood, but I'm excited about him coming back. I think, again, this puts them squarely in the NFC conversation with the Rams and the Packers um, of being able to contend again for another Super Bowl, which is hard to even imagine. Uh, and I know it's early in the, in the uh, kind of the offseason and, and free agency and, and draft, but at the end of the day, you got Tom Brady, man, you got an opportunity. And so for him coming back, man, I couldn't be more fired up. Jeff, the Bucks were able to get Tom Brady to come out of retirement. Should the Colts do the same thing for Phillip Rivers? Oh, I like where you are, Harry. Oh, man. Listen, if they, that, that, I think that'd be – it's not on the same level. I get excited because you know I'm a Colts guy. So, if, if we could get Phil to come back out, uh, you know, maybe just coach through the headset on Friday night sitting in Indy, that would be a fantastic fit for, for uh, Indianapolis – you know, we saw just the type of leadership that Rivers brought to the Colts organization. I don't know that it's going to happen, but it would obviously make them better. And I tell you another thing, man. I mean, I like the play for Deshaun Watson. I don't know how this thing all plays out long term. I know he has a no trade clause, so ultimately he can kind of force wherever he wants to go. But 
Uh, I, I think the Colts. I think the Colts right now are, are stuck between a Jimmy G proposition and all else. And, and I think so. Whatever, whatever Stone, uh, you know, or, or under the, the assumption that no Stone goes unturned, I think Colin Phil makes sense. I think Deshaun makes sense. I think Garoppolo make, makes sense. So uh, they got a lot of work still to be done there in Indianapolis. Yeah, we just had a conversation about the whole Deshaun Watson being traded to the Colts. And one of the things that I want to point out is that he has a no-trade clause. And if he goes to the Houston Texans and tells them, the only team I want to play for is the Indianapolis Colts, they probably have no choice but to trade, trade him to the Colts. How would you actually feel about that, though, if he got traded to the Colts? Oh, man, I mean, listen, it makes, you, it makes you a contender immediately. I mean, you're going to have to deal with uh, whatever happens in the in, in the off the field situation, right? He's going to probably be suspended, whether that's for for six, eight games, whatever that looks like. No one knows. It's going to be the NFL. And then how does he fit in your organization? But but obviously, if Indianapolis already made calls on him, they were willing to to take that chance uh, on him as 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 their quarterback. But Listen, when you talk about the quarterback sweepstakes, this is, you know, from the on-the-field perspective, this is a home run. I mean, this guy is an absolute stud when you talk about how capable he is of running a franchise. And, again, he was with a team that really didn't provide him much of anything. You know, they trade away Hopkins to Arizona in the prime. So, so there's a lot of things, you know, that was go- that were going on behind the scenes there in Houston for, for him as a player. Uh, and, and I, I mean, this guy, listen, he is lights out. When he hits the field – uh, he's a complete difference maker. And so for Indianapolis, he would obviously put them in that conversation of being in the AFC uh, again. But AFC is stacked in quarterbacks. He gets you up in there in that top five conversation, which is an enormous benefit when you're talking about the most important position, uh, you know, in the NFL at this point. So, Jeff, a little background. Um, Mike T and I have been going back and forth uh, on this Justin and this show. This Justin, I don't know if you heard about it, 2 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, handsome host. But so we were going, we've been going back and forth on this on, for a while. Like, stop being so scared, GMs. I'll trade a guy in the conference. Big deal. You might play him once in a year, whatever. But I, so, and Mike, he's like, under no circumstance, you're a great player in the conference, especially a quarterback. In the division, I wouldn't even do that because, you know, that could be all the difference in your division twice a year, every year. Harry brings up the fact look, the no trade means he can really yeah. force their hand. I asked Mike T point blank if your option as a GM, of the Texans was sit on that cat number and just eat it. And he ain't going to play for you. Right. Or trade him to the Colts for a bunch of picks. What do you do? Mike T who won't ever trade a guy, even in the conference paused and said, I would trade him to the Colts, which blows my mind, Jeff. Maybe they could actually get Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Listen, it, it, this is in Deshaun Watson's hands. I mean, when you have these no trade clauses like he has, he can dictate where he ends up. And I know New Orleans and Carolina are hot on him. I know that, that Cleveland has been mentioned in that same conversation. But ultimately, he gets to make the final call. And when you have that type of power, you know, Houston could hold him last season because of the, because of the cap situation and what the availability was. To your point, to Mike T's point, at this point, they cannot do that. And so as an organization that's trying to get back and, and start winning football games, they got a lot of tough decisions. I, I, again, I think they'll get more from other teams than Indianapolis, so it probably goes to the wayside. But if Deshaun Watson wanted to play hardball and say, 
you know, the Colts give me the best chance to win. That's where I'm going. The Houston Texans got no, no option other than trading him within the division, which to your point would be absolutely insane. Uh, but, but, but uh, again, they, they won't do it easily. They would ask and, and do the best they could not to. But if, if Deshaun made that call, man, that's his decision. Six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro Center. Wow, this is impressive. Super Bowl champion, ESPN NFL analyst, (laughs) Jeff Saturday, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, J.S., Mitchell Trubisky going to the Steelers. I I was underwhelmed with it yesterday. I I get how the Steelers have a really good defense and how he can be the missing link because of how he can create plays with his feet. Where are you on Trubisky being the next potential starting quarterback for the Steelers? Yeah, I actually think it's a pretty good play, Jay. Well, and, and here's why. This is a stopgap uh, at, at, at worst and a potential starter at best, right? And so when you're thinking about why the Steelers are making this move, they bring him in thinking, okay, we, we won games and made the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger, who obviously hasn't played well in the last couple of years. We'll be about on par with our quarterback play. He is He is very dynamic in the pocket and outside the pocket with his legs. So, He'll be able to sustain drives and potentially extend drives with, with, his, uh, with his athleticism behind an offensive line that doesn't do a great job in protection. You can get Harris more in your offense with, with uh, some, read, some read option type stuff. So, there's, a, so, so there's some things you can do with him as a quarterback. And then you still have the ability to draft somebody to come in to potentially be your long-term solution. So I actually like the play. He's pretty cheap when it gets down to quarterback money. And so I think the Steelers needed this. They needed a guy to put in again. At worst, it's a stopgap, right? You made the playoffs. And and for Mike Tomlin, you're really saying, I'm betting on Mike T. Because for whatever reason, this guy finds ways to win no matter what. I mean, we think about when Rudolph a few years ago when Roethlisberger was out. You think about last year when Roethlisberger was struggling. They still find ways to win on defense. I think from his perspective, he's saying, hey, man, bring a guy in that we can possibly get this thing along, make the playoffs again. And if he, ter- if he gets hot and plays well for us, this might be the future. So I actually like the move. I don't think it's, it's you know, it's not just this astounding move to your point, but it is a solid move uh, in a line for the Steelers who needed to have a guy right now. Yeah, Jeff, I, I'll just, I'll be honest with you. When, when my mindset on it, he's going to have to show me and not only show me, hell will have to freeze over as well just to be honest, because I, I, I just don't <laughs> think Mitchell Trubisky is that guy. Um, but I do believe that a lot of pressure is on Matt Canada now because the knock on Mitchell Trubisky is that he didn't get yeah. used properly with Matt Nagy being in Chicago. So I think a lot of pressure now is on Matt Canada to figure out what's the best positions we need to put this guy in and for the organization in their front office to make sure that offensive line is at least decent enough so he doesn't have the offensive line that he had in Chicago. You know, what's interesting you say there, Harry, is, is this. from a, The Steelers do not have to be a quarterback-centric offense. And you and I both know in the NFL that's very mm. rare, right? Yep. That you don't, He doesn't have to be. The truth is, Trubisky doesn't have to be the best player on the field. And so I think that for Canada alleviates a little bit of that pressure you're talking about. But from a, from a team philosophy, for the way that Tomlin has won in the past, it doesn't always have to be that my quarterback is the best guy. I think that takes some pressure off of Trubisky. Is understanding, don't make that throw if you're not sure of it, right? Limit mm-hmm. turnovers. Again, protect the football. Use your legs. 
things that really speak volumes to his game, I think is why it's a pretty decent fit. Because again, you're not asking him to drop back there and throw that thing 45 times and take us, lead us to the promised land. If that's what you're asking, you got the wrong guy. But a guy who could throw the ball in the in the in the 20s, I think he's he, and again, hand the ball off, eat clock up, play good defense and special teams. I think that's what the Steelers want to get back to. That's what Tomlin wants to preach, and that's what he's won with. And I think that's why the fit to me makes more sense uh, than trying to go get a guy that that uh, in the yeah. draft that you really have no idea. I think you draft for the future, but you can get your stop guy now. I get that, Jeff. I I just you know Harry and I were laughing about. It's amazing that you could take a gap year that leads you to a two-year gap year deal, <laughs> and you get repackaged, <laughs> right? Reframed in the marketplace. All of a sudden, I was like, yeah, it really wasn't Mitchell Trubisky's fault. It was Matt Nagy, and now we, we're setting expectations so high for Mitchell Trubisky. In baseball, it's called he has gap power. But, ah, uh, gap but power. <laughs> Jeff, I'm with you. All Trubisky does actually is win. Lifetime after his rookie year. Lifetime after his rookie year, he has two wins for every loss, and that's for a team who can't win at all. When he doesn't play, there's some some Jimmy G vibes there. I mean, like something's going on that he's doing right. Jeff understands, even if you don't. Jimmy G's been to the Super Bowl and Jimmy G championship game. A little bit, a little bit. Not as a not in terms of his style, in terms of the results. Okay. Jeff, help me. Help that me, is please. Jeff Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. No, and you're a, you're a, listen. This is this is the Jimmy G philosophy. We give we oh, think quarterbacks win Jeff. games and lose games. That's Max. Listen, that's Max's point. He thinks that's all they do. I, I, I honestly, again, Trubisky. He is a he really is a pretty decent fit for what the Steelers team wants to do. No different than I thought Jimmy G was for the 49ers last year. Mm-hmm. And at times it takes. Players like this, they don't have to always be the guy. And so I think Trubisky gives them the best chance to win right now. I mean, I, listen, I, I get what you guys are saying. He did have a year off. He gets to chill and all the numbers go up. Everybody forgets about the tough days and only remembers the highlights like Max. But ultimately, we know there's going to be some warts in there. But but he has the capability of That's winning right. in Pittsburgh. I think it gives them both a good chance. That's right. For no warts, you wouldn't get him for – 12 million a year or whatever it is. Thank right, you, Jeff. Jeff. That's right. Good luck That's with right. that eighth seed. Good luck we, with that eighth seed. Good we luck. Stay, well, it's still the playoffs. <laughs> we stay in the AFC North with a former top pick trying to make it work. So Jarvis Landry was released by Ooh. the Browns, guys, after they couldn't work out a deal to keep him in Cleveland. Keyshawn J. Willemax. Harry scoop. Douglas in for key today. This comes after Amari Cooper was acquired by Cleveland from the Cowboys. We've seen uh, Baker Mayfield had some issues with OBJ and apparently Jarvis Landry. Harry, do you think it'll be different with Amari Cooper? Um, uh, a little bit. Um, you look at Amari Cooper, you look at his mindset versus a strong-minded Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so I, I don't think Amari's going to put the pressure on Baker Mayfield like those other two guys have done. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think it's just on Baker Mayfield. Now, don't get me wrong. Baker Mayfield has to be better. Since coming into the NFL, I think in 2018, he has the most interceptions by everybody. That's 56. You got to protect the football. That's the number one thing. Coaches get up in the team meeting room. You talk about must for the week. That's the first thing they mention offensively. You got to protect the football. Um, Also, I think Kevin Stefanski needs to do a better job of getting these receivers involved in the offense. And I understand you're a run-first team. I play for run-first teams. But we also had a guy named Roddy White and a guy named Julio Jones who balled out at the wide receiver positions. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot of people don't realize that we were a run first team with a guy named Michael Turner that did a lot of things and put up a lot of numbers and made Pro Bowls from the running back position. So I think the pressure is going to be on Kevin Stefanski as well as Baker Mayfield to try to make this thing work, especially when it comes to quarterback and wide receiver, because it didn't work uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Now, when I mean it didn't work, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. was involved the way he should have been in the offense. Jarvis has had, I think, better production than Odell has had. But I still think Jarvis could have had better, more production as well if Baker Mayfield. How much of that? So, like, let's cut to the chase. How much of that is on Baker, and how much of it is on the coaching staff? Odell goes to L.A. and balls and balls, balls. balls. And it's like, oh, that's Odell Beckham Jr. Right? How much of it is Baker just not vibing with Odell? How much of it is the way they used him? <clears throat> I think it's fifty-fifty, and I think the 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 first slap in the face it was to Kevin Stefanski. When you see a guy like Sean McVay make it a point and make it uh, put his imprint that he was going to get Odell involved in the offense. And we've seen as Odell got more comfortable in the system, he made it a point. Look at the Super Bowl. You know what? We're going to feed Odell Beckham Jr. We know that this guy has to get off because Cooper Cup probably going to get double teamed. Could have did the same thing with Jarvis Landry. And you go out there in the game, you don't have to throw him crazy routes and passes. If a corner's seven, eight yards up, off, just pick the ball up and throw him a now. And Odell didn't even care and, if he didn't him, get the ball. He just – if he's if, if he's not getting the ball, then Landry should be eating. That was yeah. Odell's point, yeah. See, Harry, two teams that I think the percentage chances of them winning a Super Bowl are very low because their margin for error is so thin. I'm like, okay, Cleveland, run first offense. Tennessee, run first offense. But two quarterbacks that it just seems that when it comes down to it, do you trust them? And, and I'm starting to lean towards this about, man, did Cleveland make a mistake prioritizing Baker Mayfield over OBJ? Like, is, is this a legit thing? Because I'm seeing what OBJ does. I'm seeing how their run game, and I know that you go through Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb kind of guys having injuries, and I know their team got beat up. But I'm like, it, adding Amari Cooper to that, and I know he's a little bit more quiet in his demeanor, but do we still expect Baker and his decision-making process to all of a sudden be crystal clear. I don't. I, I don't. And I know I people are going to utilize last year with injuries. I just it's, – it's how you read the field. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to see that next-level play from him like we saw for a short stint, what, two Baker, years ago? Baker's facing pressure now. It's a Real lot. pressure. He thought, if he thought he had pressure last year or when they first assembled that team and, and got all those guys together offensively, the offensive line, the running backs, the receivers, he ain't seen pressure yet. This year, the pressure's really on this year. Who's had, who has more pressure on him, Baker Mayfield or Dak Prescott this year? See, I think I think I can't choose just one. I think both of them. And I think both of their head coaches has pressure on them too. It's crazy because they're kind of similar situations because they have the personnel around them. They just got to they gotta be better. Because I thought Dak toward the end of the year, and I thought his injury history started to play a factor into his movement when it came to tucking the ball and running because there's times that he should have just tucked the ball and ran. But they also didn't use him in his own read because of his injury history as well. So that's taken away a part of his game. Now, going into this season, Dak Prescott has to be 100%. Yeah, so see, he, I, that's yeah. why, I, Jay, I, they're both facing pressure. Mm-hmm. I think Baker is facing much more than Dak, and the reason is this. Number Dak got paid. Baker didn't yet, yep. right? That's one. That's the big one. That, Dak got the bag. But the other thing is, people have already decided, I think, Dak is good. So we're looking for other people to blame when the Cowboys don't get it done. It's the defense. It's Mike McCarthy. It's play calling. It's this. It's that. It, 
It's Zeke. It's not living. Whatever it is. The offensive line, not the same. Baker, we're looking at you. Right? We're not there yet with Dak. We're not really looking at him saying, I wonder if he's good or not. Yeah. I think we but are. He, well, he, well, but well, here's da- the if Dak Prescott doesn't get it done this year, then you're saying Sean Payton's right there. Yep. Hello, Sean Payton. There's Come more on runway. in. But, but, but here's, it up. here's another thing. You got to remember, Dak is more the humble type of guy. Baker came in talking, Loud. I'm that guy. So – when you come into the NFL like that, first of all, veterans don't even like that. First of all, when you come into the NFL, you're talking, thinking that you're the guy, you're the hot shot man. So now you have a target on your back. Dak, Dak Prescott didn't do that. He's more humble, relaxed. You know, I'm going to let the game come to me. I'm going to do my thing. I'm a team guy. Baker Mayfield is more brash. So he may have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way coming into the NFL too. Yeah. The one deal from NFL free agency that left us all scratching our head, I think. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hot news or not news. So, Dan, I must ask you, as I often do, are you ready? I'm ready, but I'm in Jay's seat here, and he kind of left a mess. Like, if he, <laughs> if he knew I was coming, I would have thought he'd clean up a little bit. A little housekeeper. He's not, he's not the roommate you he might have known. He might not have known I was taking a seat for this segment, <laughs> so I'll give, him a, I'll give him a pass. The Colts won't be allowed at this moment to meet with Deshaun Watson. Hot news or not news? Not news. The Houston Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson, but they're not going to trade him to a team they play twice a year. And the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, it's interesting that they took a shot to find out. I guess you always have to ask, but there was never a chance that that's where he was going to end up. Ooh, I think it is news because Deshaun Watson has that no trade clause. And if he wants to put his foot down and say, the only place I want to go is to the Colts. That's true. The Houston Texans have to honor it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I would have agreed with you. It's not news because even I wouldn't trade in the division. And I'm like, oh, trade in the conference. Until I, Harry floated that idea. Dan, I I asked Mike T or Mike Tannenbaum earlier in the show today, what would you do if Mm. it's either eat the money or trade him in the division? He said, I'd trade him in the division. Hmm? Interesting. Because there's 35 million and then 37 next year. You can't really eat the money. So is it hot news or not news? Do you want to reconsider? I'm gonna go with not news. I, I sometimes I There's feel no like talking him into sometimes it. I feel like when something happens that I thought was gonna happen, like I, like I, I yeah. say not news, and I, I'm not surprised that Houston said no. It's nothing new, so it's not yeah. news. Seahawks uh, don't plan 
to meet with Deshaun Watson. I think that's hot news because obviously they have an opening and they have the capital you would need to get him as a result of the Russell Wilson trade. So if they're not going to pursue him, I think that tells us a lot about the Seahawks' plans. Now, we'll see. I mean, maybe they do pursue him. Maybe it's just not he's not on their schedule for this week or vice versa. But if they don't pursue him, I think that tells us the Seahawks have their eye on uh, next year's draft when you talk about quarterback and those load up on picks. Yeah, I'm going to go hot news because I have seen Drew Locke play, and he <laughs> is definitely not the answer. Uh, but I agree with you, though, Dan. I, th- I do believe that they, they're in the rebuild mode. They have their eyes on next year's draft. Uh, yeah, I would say – Hot news because Seattle was a possible destination. But the crazy thing is, think about if they never make the Jamal Adams trade and then they also trade Russell Wilson, the number of picks that they could be sitting Mm -hmm. on. And but they decided they thought they were there and miscalculated and traded two firsts for a safety. Uh, How real are the Browns in terms of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, Dan? My understanding is the Browns are in this, but there are complicating factors. Uh, one, they don't, they don't want to be as obviously in it because if they don't get him, they turn back to Baker Mayfield, and now he knows they're trying to replace him. Um, he ain't so, know that already. So sorry, Browns, for, for mentioning <laughs> this. Um, the other thing is I, Houston's preference would be to not trade him in the AFC. So if there are viable destinations in New Orleans and Carolina that are in the NFC, the Browns, I think, would have to – offer much more than those teams would to get him. And then, of course, there's the question of would he want to go to Cleveland, and that's a question only he could answer. As you were answering the question, we came across a tweet from Kimberly Martin who said the Browns are in play and are meeting with Watson today. Yeah, so there you go. Christian Kirk signs four-year, $84 million deal with the Jags. Christian Kirk, Dan, hot yeah. news or not news? This is hot news, and it's like it's the kind of money that's going to get Harry Douglas to think about re, uh, returning to the league if this is what wide receivers are getting right now, man. this is I mean, Christian Kirk has never had a 1,000-yard season, right? Like, this is not – so to be in the top five or ten in terms of highest-paid wide receivers is a shock to a lot of people. Look, the deal is that, – that's a, that's a big number that you said. The deal is effectively – Two years and thirty-seven million in guaranteed money, but still, that's eighteen and a half million a year for Christian Kirk. I think that's better than most people thought he'd do. Well, I think it's hot news, and and to Christian Kirk's defense, I had a chance to talk to his receiver coach last night, and he told me he's worth every penny. He told me the guy can play every single wide position, uh, wide receiver position. He blocks. He's going to be the first one in, the last one to leave. Yeah, he does good. everything the right way, and he basically was the glue for that wide receiver room. So he said he's worth it all. So I think it's hot news, but hot news because the wide receiver market and Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson and all those guys and what they could possibly get as well. Hot news. I mean, if Dan, if Graziano and I would have known this, maybe we would have, no one ever told us or else we'd be playing wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> oh, I could catch it, but I can't run. Well, I can do neither. No long-term <laughs> deal yet for Devontae Adams. Hot news or not news? Uh, I say not news because it's, it, they have till July 15th, right? So maybe he skips some OTAs and some mini camp. Maybe they get a deal done, but I don't think it's a front burner item for them right now because they have so much other work to do to get under the cap by 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow when all teams have to be. And they have until July 15th to do a long-term deal with Devontae Adams. I think they would do it. The problem here is this, the DeAndre Hopkins contract is still a major outlier. He got mm-hmm. $27 million plus a year. The next highest paid guy is Julio Jones at 22. Adam's saying, I'm the best. I should get more than Hopkins. And the team says, 
Hopkins, we, we can't talk about Hopkins' deal. It doesn't make any sense. We'll talk about Julio. We'll pay him more than him. So there's a pretty good gap there in terms of what he wants and what they're willing to give him. Yeah, I think it's hot news in the sense that Devontae Adams has let the organization know that he is not playing on a franchise tag. So you better get a deal done. And he probably, he's probably not going to be out there. It's hot news. Devontae Adams will wind up being the highest paid wide receiver in football. I think the Packers have no choice but to give it to him. I think that means that they're going to be in a lesser position than they were uh, last year. And they also have to figure out Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you know, good luck now that Brady is back getting out of the NFC. We'll see what happens. Demarcus Lawrence gets a new three-year deal to stay with the Cowboys. Uh, it's hot news, and here's why. Because they thought they might lose him if he didn't, if he didn't agree to a reworked deal. Um, you know, he's going to get a little less money over the next two years than he was scheduled to make, but he got it guaranteed, so it avoids him getting cut. He, want, he didn't want to leave. They didn't want him to leave. They needed him to, to rework his deal so they could get some cap relief. Everybody got what they wanted, and now, hopefully, from the Cowboys' standpoint, that means they can go out and re-sign Randy Gregory as well, as they're trying to do. Yeah, hot news because you look at the linebacker position, uh, deficiency there besides Michael Parson, but he started rushing a passer at some point throughout the season. Now, if they would have had to let go Demarcus Lawrence, that would have been another big piece. And then not be able to re-sign Randy Gregory, that would have been huge. Uh, he restructured the deal basically to take a pay cut. But with no state tax in Texas, you'll probably make that money up in other areas and being with the Cowboys and with that star on the helmet. So. It's a team-friendly deal to my lights, and I would say it's hot news. He's a real good defensive player. By the way, Parsons is worth at least two linebackers. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Browns released Jarvis Landry. Hot news or not news, Dan? Not news. It was coming for a while, uh, especially once they made the trade for Amari Cooper. Not going to pay him twenty million and Jarvis sixteen. I just feel like they like Jarvis Landry. They thought the number was too high. They tried to do something with his contract. Uh, He wasn't biting. I think he'll have a market. I think he'll end up with a contender, and I think he'll help him a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's news, but I will say this. Jarvis Landry had a chance to look at Odell Beckham Jr., his best friend, win a Super Bowl, and I think he's not upset about being released. All right, let's squeeze this in. Mitchell Trubisky signs with the Steelers. Hot news or not news? We have 30 seconds, Dan. Uh, Hot news. I mean, yeah, they they need somebody. It sounds like he'll be the leading candidate, and it's a chance for him to, to resuscitate his career. Hot news. I don't believe him. You already know that, Max. I think it's hot news. I think it's the right fit. And it's good news for Steelers fans. They're going to be competitive this year, as they are every year. But I think they've just upgraded at quarterback from the remains of Ben Roethlisberger, at least. Are we really asking if a team made a mistake by not signing Mitchell Trubisky? Are we actually asking that? (laughs) Thank you, Dan, because we are asking that coming up. Enjoy that. Yes. Um, That's the 2022 offseason. And that's next on Keyshawn. J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. 